Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Reese Show, where we interview experts to help you understand where technology is headed and how it will impact society as a whole and also your daily life. Thanks so much for learning with us and enjoy the episode. Hello. Today, I chat with Pooja Shah, who was the head of product at Protocol Labs and now leads a kind of a decentralized job and project in reputation marketplace called Radius. And Pooja is, yeah, doing really good work. You can think of this as, you know, you know, Pooja's trying to think about how we're going to have these billion um, person organizations in the future, something like climate change, we need to coordinate much better on that. And so she is starting to um, with her small company right now, starting to, to kind of move the needle on that around especially getting these new squads, these new individual folks to kind of like work on these projects um, in a kind of a, a better way. And then they get to gain in a Web3 sense, decentralized reputation, those things that they can then bring with them to other kind of job marketplaces and whatever. And it's a really cool conversation around both like, you know, this history of human coronation from the past to the you know present on the internet and then to the future. And then also specifically like how Pooja is thinking about, um, you know, coordinating, you know, capital and talent and ideas together. And so I just think hopefully Pooja's thoughts uh, get manifest in reality in the next kind of decade or so, because we'll need them to make a human level organism that actually coordinates around these things in a better way. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hello, Reese's Pieces. I'm Reese, the co-founder of Root, and welcome to The Reese Show. This century is a turning point in human history, and I'm here to help you navigate it. I hope you come away with a new understanding of our scientific, technological, and societal trends that are poised to radically reshape our world, and how you can work with those trends to become a live player in building a solar punk future. And today, I'm excited to chat with Pooja Shah. Pooja was the head of project, uh, the head of product at Protocol Labs, and now leads Tefer Labs and Radius, which is scaling human coordination, starting with a great project and jobs marketplace. Pooja, thanks for being on the show, and welcome. Thanks, Reese. Really excited to be here. Yeah, excited to dive in. And this is fun because um, Pooja and I were chatting about before the show, like Pooja's been heads down, you know, <laughs> building, which is amazing. And building is very, very necessary. And it's also nice to um, sometimes zoom out and be like, let's like remind yourself and ourselves about like what you're building and why. And um, as a note on that, the goal for our listeners is to kind of, you know, tell the story of um, how humans coordinate. Um, starting in the past, back in the old days, you know, between 100,000 and you know, 20 years ago, <laughs> and then also to today, Filecoin, Radius, the internet, all of that, and then like thinking into the future. So let's start actually, Pooja, with like, I guess maybe I want to start with actually your curiosity about how humans coordinate. What got you into like thinking about this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating. Um, just the, the question more broadly, I think is really interesting. And um, I guess what initially got me in, into this, uh, I, I would say I've probably been interested in some form of this question for my entire adult uh, or like form of, you know, think, independent thinking life, I would say, uh, maybe starting when I was in high school. Um, I thought a lot about, I, I thought at the time actually that I wanted to go into, uh, to work in government because I knew that I wanted to, um, you know, make a big impact in solving some of the problems that I thought were the most important to address in the world. And at the time I thought that um, some of the solutions that our society had developed for, a, you know, creating impact on a really large scale, uh, primarily were driven by governmental like regulation and laws and um, and policies. 
So, um, so I, I think I started thinking about it at the time. And then especially I grew up in the Bay area in California. Um, so my, my dad is an engineer, you know, so definitely had a little bit of the influence of, uh, technology and some of the, um, some of the thinking, you know, when I was graduating high school was like the late to that, uh, the late aughts, I guess people call it and, you know, entered college in the early 2010s. And, um, so thought a lot about, what is the role of technology um, and how it can help solve important problems for people. Um, and so I guess, you know, been, and, and, and it really challenged um, a lot of the way I had thought about the role of government in society and technology in society and um, the role of individuals and how they can self-assemble to, to make change and things like that. So I guess I'd say been thinking about it for a really long time um, and most concrete, like for now, I mean, this is what we are hoping to make a really big impact with, uh, with our, our work at Tefro Labs and with Radius uh, and other projects that we'll build in the future. Um, and that like more specific interest, I think, was triggered um, just through my experience in the Web3 space over the last couple of years, seeing some of the very interesting experiments and coordination that have been run. And um, I think the Web3 space is like fascinating for so many reasons, but I, I think uh, there have been some like very, very interesting, some successful, some not so successful um, projects and, and attempts that people have had to like organize themselves differently that I think have been really informative. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, it's interesting. I mean, a, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a classic as we grow up and, and we're like, okay, cool. Maybe it's the government, maybe it's technology, whatever. <laughs> and then it's funny because web three and whether you get whatever the world's one gets pilled into and you're like, Oh man, like I'm learning about co-ops and you're like, Whoa, co-ops are a different way to organize. And you're like, wow, that's yeah. really cool. Or you're like, Oh wow. Web three, all these people are just organizing in these crazy different ways. Um, and you think about, I was shilling Dows to someone the other day and I was like, look, mm -hmm. 10 years ago, there were zero of these things. And now there's like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't <laughs> even count all the like, um, there's no, like a file coin or all these kind of like other ecosystems mm -hmm. at all level. Um, mm -hmm. So, so tell me before we get into like the, the web, to or kind of like the web and web three kind of um coordination mechanisms how sure. do you think about i don't know like human collaboration before that like uh the old classic mm -hmm. <laughs> people mm -hmm. hanging out around the fire or like how do you how do you think about <laughs> what are the core primitives of how we as humans like do the thing that we do which is coordination yeah totally um yeah i mean i think it's like it's it's such a complex topic and um actually like so yeah because of this more specific interest that has been developing over the last couple of years um i've been reading a lot about um you know why humans work like what early uh societal groups looked like and um how people did kind of coordinate it back in the day when it was just like yeah hunter gatherers and um <laughs> and things like that and um, and then some of the more modern work as well, especially like once we started moving into the era of corporations and um, firms and, and leveraging some of these um, and also nation states as well, which I, you know, are an earlier concept. Um, like religion is also like, you know, really interesting. Um, and just thinking of religions as uh, massive organizations in a way too um, is pretty fascinating. So yeah, I mean, I think that it's really hard to boil down all of that. Um, I would say into something. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> How does it work? How does religions and nation states and companies work? Like, what's going on there? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but one of the things that I do think um, is really fascinating is like how some of these technologies that you know very broadly defined um, some of these technologies that we've like discovered as a species over time have really influenced the way that we coordinate and have really made um, a change in like the opportunities that were available to, uh, available to us for how we coordinated um, that were sort of previously 
un, like inconceivable before that technology was developed. So I think like the fact that, um, you know, fire was discovered like a million years ago or whenever it was, and that made it possible for people to, um, to not have to work as hard to, um, to gain like nutrient dense uh, calories and sustain themselves made it possible for people to spend a lot more of their time um, in community and conversing with each other, sort of like dreaming more um, than they ever were really able to do before, but when they were much more focused on survival. Um, and I think, you know, writing is also something that obviously has made it, um, has been this like huge advancement. Um, and so I think uh, more recently too, in like the last couple hundred years, um, just like the way that technology has accelerated uh, a lot of like the communications that people um, that we have in, in our society. And I, I think sometimes, especially like once we get to the more recent, you know, especially for what we're doing now with Tepper Labs and Radius, I'll get questions a lot of the time around, um, well, you know, Ronald Coase's theory of the firm and um, the reason firms exist is, and like why there are these gigantic groups of people that all work for the same employer and are sort of like centrally coordinated. Um, the reason those things exist is to reduce like the transaction costs um, of actually like coordinating human labor. And, and it's like, yeah, that's true. But you know, that was, that theory came about in like the 1940s and there's so much that has happened since then, right? Like the internet was not even a, a concept really like back then. Um, and so I think like um, it's, it's really interesting that all of these like new technologies I think really unlock a, a huge like wave of potential really for how we think about what people can do to like collaborate with each other and coordinate amongst ourselves, um, which is really exciting. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. I think it's, I mean, one piece of it is, is interesting, which is, yeah, thinking about something like fire as there's, there's the part of fire that gives mm -hmm. us more energy where we have our external stomach, AKA the fire doing the thing. And yeah. then um, that gives us both more time, but also, um, it just kind of forces us to like hang out around the thing where it's like, yeah. it's cold <laughs> in the North that much, but now we're going more North and now we can just hang out. And we're kind of forced to do this awake dreaming with each other, AKA talking. Totally. Um, <laughs> how's your meat, you know? <laughs> um, and then eventually you get to Christianity, you know? And so, <laughs> um, it a few steps, but yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. And I think the, um, yes. Yeah, and I think I, I just like, as a reminder for folks just to, I don't know, there's kind of a lens here about like seeing everything as technology. And I think that we're mm -hmm. kind of priced, I don't know, priced, we're just with the water, you know, um, technologies, we see them as something that's not yet in the water we swim in, you know, that's mm -hmm. how in, but that's like, wait yeah. a second, actually technologies are, you know, buildings and blah, blah, blah not just digital technology. Mm -hmm. And actually technology are also these, something like a religion or this idea mm -hmm. of a monotheism, or those are also technologies, things that like help mm -hmm. us they're just tools to get shit done or whatever um and it's also interesting yeah cozy and i feel like that's part of everybody's kind of like a uh, speed running or whatever of the idea maze where you're like okay i'm trying to do human coordination web3 eventually you're, you're like okay cozy and stuff oh transaction yeah. costs cool 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 um so, so how do you um so thinking about i don't know like the internet and um and maybe even just pre um web3 stuff how do you how do you think about how, like how humans coordinate on the internet what does the internet enable us to do Mm -hmm. Wikipedia, Facebook, all that kind of stuff, Reddit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, there's been so much, obviously I would say like the biggest thing is, um, just the, like 
the, the, I would say it's like communication and also like global, the globalization of basically networks, not globalization, the way that people used to talk about it, I guess, like five I haven't really heard that form of the word globalization in a long time, but, uh, you know, don't want to confuse folks more just like the, the, um, ease with which you can create global networks, um, is something that has been like really fascinating. And I would say, you know, so many people, when, when talking about future of work type of stuff now, um, obviously like the COVID pandemic had, um, a lot of folks have talked about that as a really interesting accelerant for some of the trends that folks were hoping um, or thought that, you know, the internet made possible. Um, and then living in a COVID world, it just really accelerated us um, as a society leaning on some of those like internet native um, networks and communication mechanisms. Um, but I think some of like what what really becomes possible is um, it's just like very, it's just amazing to me to see like the breadth of types of like activities that people try to coordinate via the internet today, you have something that's like as granular as um, a an Amazon mechanical Turk like task, which pays a couple of cents for um, a couple of seconds of someone's time and attention, um, all the way to the sorts of like, you know, projects where people are crowdfunding, um, like millions, tens of millions of dollars with like strangers from around the world um, to support something in non-equity funding a lot of the time to support something just like a dream that they have um, and that they've been able to tell a compelling story around and um, where there's like so much more trust in that sort of um, transaction, but it's like, you know, kind of enables this like group of people to be united with some sort of cause. And I think all of that um, has like that breadth of complexity and scope um, is something that is just like possible today that I feel like wasn't, wasn't really possible to do before. Um, and it's, it's also really cool to see, I mean, even, even with like new projects, um, and, and I think this is true in some spaces more than others, because I think a lot of this is influenced by like the culture of, um, particular geographies. And that's not totally, the internet hasn't totally destroyed like geographic culture and <laughs> geographic boundaries. And of course, um, even though there are definitely such things, I believe as like internet native cultures, but, um, but I think just like the fact that it's possible to create communities, even even when a project is very small, um, of just like a couple dozen people or a couple hundred people who really are from all around the world, because um, it's just so much easier today, or it's just possible, I guess I would say today, to like broadcast and provide these types of opportunities and, and give visibility to these types of opportunities um, equally to anyone, regardless of sort of where they're based. And um and that could be anything from like playing a game with friends um, to like actually finding a, a new job opportunity. And all of that is sort of, is sort of enabled. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like, I think very broadly, I feel like this period in time um, and I think it's not just for like how we think about how we work, but it's also like how we form personal relationships and how we think about um, what, is going to fulfill us um, just like in terms of personal hobbies and all sorts of things. It feels like this um, era that we're living in is characterized by so much more like freedom and autonomy um, and choice. And I, I don't think the internet is solely responsible for that, but I think, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of um, the, a lot of the reason why we have that I think today is just because of our like global connectivity that's powered by the internet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like when you just change if you change the underlying informational substrate, you know, just like so many things change. And I think it's interesting because I think I like what you're saying about the, um, you know, there is a 
you know, if people think a lot about like the long tail of like mm-hmm. subreddits or whatever, where you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you can get into this, like, you know, for the LGBTQ plus folks who are in Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska or whatever, it's like, oh man, they can actually like hang out with people now. And like, or, mm-hmm. and also vice versa, where it's like, Hey, you're like some random incel or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, you can also hang out. And so I think, yeah. um, I think that that, so that long tail is interesting, but what you were talking about is more of like the long tail, what I would call like the long tail of, um, communications primitives or something um this guy eugene way talks about these um uh, social media primitives something like the like the comment the tiktok mm-hmm. duet um and what you're talking about is like hey here's this primitive which is the um upwork amazon simple a task for money primitive versus mm-hmm. the gofundme primitive which is a um a, a vision for money you know and so so thinking about those different kind of apis that all kind of emerge as kind of mm-hmm. subsets of a um yeah these kind of mimetic or uh, sorry these like um communications primitives that exist that that i, mm-hmm. I, I love that framing i think yeah. um the other thing that you were talking about there which i think is true is like you know you're talking a lot you know in in, in tefra and join radius are all about or in radius are all about um Mm-hmm. work um mm-hmm. but it's like there's these different jobs to be done where there's there's work mm-hmm. the kind of now me kind of money piece there's also relationships the kind of now us like how you hang out with people and there's mm-hmm. also like the, the future me like what is meaning and purpose for me how what are my hobbies yeah. or whatever so it's just like there's yeah. all these jobs that that um the internet does <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so so how do you think about um okay so we had back in the day we were chilling you know we have these new technologies aka mm-hmm. how like just like the idea of, of coordination we were kind of learning how to coordinate in these different ways and then we have the internet which gives us all these new kind of primitives um and new apis for for coordination um and to do these job to be done so now yeah. we're in web3 land um, <laughs> tell us what is radius what is tefra labs what are y'all what are y'all doing yeah absolutely um Yes. Uh, and actually, one thing I would love to return to um, yeah. later from what you just mentioned, um, I think like uh, thinking about sort of these different roles I, I, the, to the first part, I think you'd made two points in the first one about um, this kind of more like vision led and the other maybe more like task led a little bit like these are, you know, I, I think that's like really interesting thinking um, also about within the work context, what are these different avenues that people have to sort of um, efficiently allocate talent, capital, and ideas and like matchmake between those things. It's one of the ways actually, I actually had started thinking about what we're trying to do with um, Radius and Tefra Labs as well. So kind of relates to what we're, I, I will mm-hmm. now talk about. Um, but yeah, so um, I guess I'll say that, you know, te- so Tefra Labs, the way that I describe what our um, mission is, is to build infrastructure for large scale human coordination. Um, and really the, the reason we, um, and I'm happy to share, you know, why we basically backed into that as the right mission for us to solve. That's not really where we started. Um, but the the reason we thought it ended up making sense or something that was like really needed in this century um, is just because looking at like the scale of some of the challenge, some of the challenges and also some of the opportunities that face us as a species, um, some of these things are just massive. And they're the sorts of things that touch every single person um, on the planet in, in a way that everyone probably does care about or like should care about if they don't already. Um, And just looking at like the sort of structures that are dominant today for how people, this sort of like mass scale coordination happens at the moment, it's um, either some of these more formal structures like 
corporations or governments or maybe even intergovernmental organizations like the UN and the various um, sort of internation state treaties and things like this. Um, or maybe sometimes like the more grassroots sort of um, activist efforts that come up every now and then, which are really hard to get off the ground, but you know some of them uh, do succeed occasionally. Um, and even like the most successful of these, like the, the, the largest companies in the world and the largest um, governments in the world, right? Uh, still like, you know, depends on how you define it. I guess, you know, governments theoretically could govern like billions of people like some of, you know, like China and, and India, but also just like thinking about the, the folks who are directly on the ground, like supporting the missions of these like various organizations, the largest organizations are like a few million people um, in size. It's, it's not really much larger than that. Whereas um, for some of these, the scale of like challenges that are ahead uh, for us, we really believe that some of these things are going to require like hundreds of millions of people to directly work together um, to make stuff happen and, and to like solve hard problems. Um, so that's like, you know, something that we uh, think is really important. I think probably a lot of people think that that is important. Um, and one of, one of the things that as we were thinking about this, um, just like laying out the structure of the argument, it sort of felt like, well, you know, when we're in this future where there are hundreds of millions of people or potentially billions of people that are working together um, to, to enable change or to make change, some sort of change happen, um, those people are not all going to work for this. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense for like all those people to be employed by the same company or to all live in the same country, right? Or whatever, like these very, these formal coordination structures, like it just doesn't make sense. It's hard to envision how those sorts of structures will scale um, to like that level of ownership over that many lives. Um, and also, it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense for, I think, a lot of reasons and also happy to chat about that some more. Um, so we were thinking, well, really, um, a lot of the folks that are going to be working on this are going to be like, you know, small teams of people or like individuals um, who are just like looking for ways in which they can contribute um, and so that got us really interested in thinking about um, the independent work economy and like also seeing that as kind of uh, something that has like grown as a as a change in working preferences um, for people today where, you know, like a few decades ago, um, there were people who would basically like our, you know, the, the generation of like our grandparents um, would be at a company for their entire lives. And today it's like very common for people to um, completely change careers, let alone, <laughs> yeah, um, let alone change jobs, right? Um, and so, and like, that's going even further now with, um, I, I saw some interesting statistics like a few months ago about Gen Z, and I'm not Gen Z, I'm a millennial, but um, Gen Z increasingly is... Um, what are the Gen know. Z kids doing? What are they doing these days? I know. What are, <laughs> um, still TikTok. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's really fascinating to see how like the preference for independent work um, is correlated with uh, youth as well. And like, yeah. you know, Gen Z um, prefers independent work much more than any other prior generation. And uh, the majority of Gen Z workers today are actually independent workers. And that's like by choice rather than being required to, to do that for whatever reason, like they couldn't get a full time job or something or like uh, be a full time employee somewhere. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, a, a bunch of things that we're sort of, we, we think that like the independent work economy is a really important um, and growing workforce. And today it's really hard to be an independent worker. And so that's something that we care about a lot at Tefra Labs as well. Um, and what we're trying to do with Radius is, um, you know, and I've been talking for a while, so maybe I'll uh, just say a quick thing and then we can kind of uh, dive into whatever is interesting. But um, with Radius, it's sort of like trying to 
um, build a first experiment in which we can uh, we can basically um, present like provide visibility on the sorts of high impact opportunities that um, folks with funding in in various like um, spaces right now we're focusing in, on web three um, are looking for people to actually make an impact on uh, and then doing a lot of the work to kind of like find the right um, the right teams and um, and support them and prepare them so that they can actually like nail those opportunities and that's like a little bit of you know the supporting independent work as as like a way of um, as a way of working and, and making an impact uh, but also like working on meaningful things without having to be a full-time employee somewhere, um, but also like, you know, moving the needle in doing so. And there being a lot of like other secondary benefits for someone's career and like their future prospects as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Lots of good stuff there. I think, so yeah, so you guys, and again, I love the, um, and I just shilled this on Twitter, but yeah, you guys are doing a, um, oh, you know, your mission or whatever is to infrastructure to enable the first billion person organizations in human history, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, that's good. That's a good little um, memetic, t- or you're like, ooh, that, that could be fun. Um, and it's <laughs> interesting though, where you, <laughs> um, where you have this, um, yeah, and it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's obviously painfully obvious when you think about something like, mm-hmm. we were chatting about before the show, like carbon dioxide removal and climate mm-hmm. change and all that stuff. It's like, okay, how do we, um, yeah. That should be that should be done both at the company level. It should be done at the government level, but it should also be done in this weird kind of new tech tree or mm-hmm. whatever level mm-hmm. of like, hey, here's like stuff that we're all trying to tackle, and how do we get people to like tackle those crucial bits of this like bigger kind of organism level thing that we're trying to tackle here? Um, it also some of the things that you're saying too are like, um, and I actually have I have, a, I, have a, I have a sub question on this, which is you know you were chatting about there's the individual level, um, and I hadn't heard the meme by the way of you know individual networked individual worker economy. What did you say for that? Oh yeah, was, independent work economy. Independent yeah. independent work economy. Sorry, the independent work economy. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, yeah. It, it's I I guess hmm, I want to do a couple things. The first the first question I actually have is <laughs> so um you know there's at one level you have a billion people coordinating around climate change or whatever mm-hmm. or you have like um just an individual person in the mm-hmm. middle you have like um you know the eight person kind of uh, amazon two pizza team and mm-hmm. then you have like the 150 person dunbar number stuff how do you think about that scale of like how mm-hmm. people from one to a billion what are the different like levels mm. oh yeah that's a super interesting um question yeah so um I think one of the things uh, this is this is just sort of like a hypothesis, um, I guess I would say for how like you know again organizational structures might evolve going forward. But um, I do think, and and actually it's been really interesting to see this kind of with Regius um, already. But I think that increasingly we're going to see uh, like small groups um, like that are able to, you know, that don't really look like any sort of structure we've seen before uh, in they're the world. Squad. Because, they're a squad. Yeah, they're a squad. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and actually, like, there's um, a really great, um, there's a really great, like, talk, uh, which I, I can send a link for after this. You, you may be familiar with this as well, but um, it's about this concept of flash teams. Um, and this talk is uh, by Melissa Valentine, who um, is a researcher, I believe, at Stanford. And um The idea, I think this talk is from like a few years ago, so it's not even a very new concept at this point, but um, the idea is like thinking about, um, they basically wanted to, like, and and this is also the idea of flash teams, I think like some some examples of this that already is like how certain parts of the world work. Um, It's like how we... Uh, how disaster response works in the world today. And also um, in Hollywood, like a lot of film production and like the way that kind of crews are assembled as needed on a project basis um, sort of like follows the structure a little bit too. Um, But it's basically this idea of being able to share 
um, like openly that, you know, this is sort of like the, the team that needs to be assembled. These are kind of like the roles that we're looking for. Um, and then uh, basically being able to have people like come together, fill a particular role, work on a project, and then kind of like disband, I guess, you know, when it's done, or maybe in some cases they'll continue to like work together if they really liked it or whatever, or, um, you know, but just like this idea of there being these like much more flexible team structures. And, um, and it's like very interesting because it sounds like a cool idea and it's, and maybe an initial reaction would be like, Oh, cool idea. But you know, how does that even work in practice? Um, but the reality is like, this is literally how there are like parts of the world that that's how um, it works today. And uh, I think the, the cool thing about the flash team research is like showing how this can also work in um, spaces where like software development, for example, or product development, where um, it feels like it's really important for there to be a lot of context on uh, like an, a lot of prior knowledge that people need to have before they can contribute um, something valuable to a project and showing that like, yes, that is true, but there are ways to still like, you know, achieve an impact with these kind of more flexible structures. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that I, I think like in terms of, I would say today we have like a lot more of these much larger sort of, like there's been a lot of, um, consolidation forces in the world over like the last several decades that I think, um, in the future, I think if we create the right systems, it'll be possible to enable these much more, either these like sort of flash team structures, which could be really of any size, um, theoretically, but like uh, probably will work best at smaller scales, probably like, you know, less than like 20 people or so. Um, and, and, or just like these pods or squads of people that are just like, you know, like impact hunters or something like looking for cool, <laughs> cool work that they can do and they like each other. Um, but they're, yeah, not necessarily looking to like incorporate as a company or anything like that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's um, <laughs> yeah, and just like I can I can hear my mom rolling in her grave where she's you know she um <laughs> hearing about um you know flash teams and impact hunters or whatever. Where it's like <laughs> it's just like it's just like can't you get a real job? You know, um, <laughs> and you're like, oh, mom, I work on an impact hunter flash team. You know, it's like <laughs> what is that? Um, so um, the other thing it makes me think about is a um. Yeah, the size of the organization versus, you know, my question was kind of about, about yeah. size and, and your answer mm -hmm. was not wrongly, was kind of about mm -hmm. amount of time that it exists for. So maybe there's mm -hmm. some kind of like um, two-dimensional grid there. Um, mm -hmm. so, so tell me about this um, this independent, um, well, the other thing it makes me think of is, is the, the kind of movement versus mob idea. Mm -hmm. And there's like flash mobs and flash mm -hmm. mobs were a thing that only emerged, but then it didn't have the long-term uh, kind of... Uh, long-term capital needed to keep the mob around and there's no real yeah. reason to but a flash team is this thing that like is taking in capital it has mm -hmm. capital to kind of continue doing its stuff it's like mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a capital driven thing instead of just like a purely like mimetic hey we're just gonna like do this big yeah. flash mob we're gonna we're just gonna um do the um arab spring or whatever but then oh where's the long-term capital building that is necessary so that that makes you think of that so so i think mm -hmm. talk about this independent independent work economy is that, is that mm -hmm. the one? okay independent work economy <laughs> what is that how is that different than the gig economy than yeah. um consulting stuff you know mm -hmm. how, do, how do you think about the independent work economy yeah yeah so and i don't really know i don't think most people describe uh this world i guess uh, in this way so okay, it, i think it. it's like it's not really like a thing um, <laughs> but it is how i like to to describe it because i think um, yeah, I would say all of what you are describing. So like, um, yeah, gig workers and uh, folks who are consultants or freelancers um, or like independent contractors, I would say all of those um, or even, you know, like I would even put kind of like uh, 
agencies or, or folks that like really kind of have this service model of how they engage with like many different groups um, simultaneously, I would kind of put a bunch of those um, into this bucket of independent workers. Um, and really, uh, yeah, the, the idea is just like, fundamentally, it's just working engagements in which um, someone is like doing something really valuable for in some organization or some like group that's paying them to do the work. Um, and, you know, if you want, if we want to get like nuance, the payment could be in financial capital. It could also be in like reputational capital or something else um, as well. But um, yeah, they're in some way being compensated to perform um, some meaningful work for uh, some entity. And, uh, but they don't, they aren't like full-time employed um, by that entity. And, and I think that there are some meaningful, it, to me, like the more that I've been in this world, um, employment versus being an ind independent worker feels like it should just be an implementation detail. Um, but it's like very interesting, like the more you go into it, just like the number of protections that kind of exist for employees that like don't really exist in the same way for independent workers today. Um, and some of the requirements and like regulations around full-time employment and what's required. I'm most familiar with some of this in the context of um, the, the U.S. I'm not really sure how it is globally, but uh, my expectation is it's probably similar. And so it creates, even though it feels like it should just be an implementation detail in practice, like the implementation of these things looks really, really different um, and creates a lot of friction to um, engaging folks on an independent basis, even if you would, would be interested in, it, in doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it makes me think of... Um... Um, and even my org yesterday, we were chatting about, um, oh, we have stuff in California, but then healthcare in Texas. So in the mm -hmm. healthcare in Texas, is, and so we're thinking about moving to a PEO um, mm, yeah. and it's like, okay. And then the PEO has, it aggregates a bunch of people and then you get to yeah. choose among your healthcare plans. And so yeah. it's, it is kind of, it's just a weird thing where it's like, yeah, this, it would be nice if it was an implementation detail where just oh, mm -hmm. issues with America, healthcare mm -hmm. and 401ks and stuff like that just like kind yeah. of came baked in either from the government or from the kind of ecosystem of work. But instead you have to, yeah, full-time employees are like real employees or like the contractors yeah. are kind of like, oh, like you don't, we don't give you anything. Um, so tell <laughs> yeah. us about, so radius. So what, what it's a, mm -hmm. and, and tell me, I guess for me, mm -hmm. there's like either two ways. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so what is it and how is it different from, I'm thinking about like other, um, just like job boards that exist and yeah. other stuff. Yeah, both job boards that exist, but also other things in the Web3 world that are kind of like the mm -hmm. rabbit holes and stuff of the world. How do you, how do you kind mm -hmm. of think about um, Radius versus uh, other work uh, platforms? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess like the way that I would describe Radius is it's really like a product to help. Um, this, this is why I've kind of started calling it the like ta talent capital and ideas uh, coordination mechanism or allocation mechanism, which um, is really like that. What, when I when I say that, what I mean is that, you know, there are people who have financial capital that they're looking to um, use to fund important work um, that they think is going to make an impact or generate value. Um, there are people, the talent that are looking for those sorts of like high impact or, or like just fun, satisfying opportunities. Um, and there are the ideas themselves, generally like the capital historically has been tied to the ideas, but they're not always, um, they don't always need to be like exactly coming from the same source. Um, but the ideas are just sort of like, yeah, what are these projects? Um, you know, and, and that can come in, in the case where, when we were talking about before with like crowdfunding as an example, that's, you know, like the talent has, um, the idea for something that's like really potentially meaningful. Um, and so that's like at a very, at a very high level, um, I would say like what we want Radius to be is like a really efficient um, platform that can help connect like these sort of three sides of um, a 
of the marketplace. Um, today, what Radius is uh, in, in practice, like, and I guess how I would say it's like different from, you know, because we're still, we're still early, we're still working on building out a lot of um, those components. Um, but I, I'd say like how it's different is um, that we're really focused on, uh, I would say like on projects and um, not really focused as much on like helping people find someone for a particular role. Um, we're really trying to keep it at the level of like, yeah, this is sort of like a project um, that needs someone to build it out. Um, and and as a result of that, uh, it's been really interesting to see because I think like a lot of these, you know, talent marketplace type projects that do exist today um, are much more focused on supporting individuals. So like you you, may, you mentioned Rabbit Hole as an example, like Gitcoin also has, um, you know, like a bounties platform and there's like Dwork in, in the Web3 space. And obviously in the Web2 space, there's like Upwork and um, and a bunch of, there's just like Brain Trust and a bunch of these other um, platforms like Fiverr, et cetera. Um, and I would say like most of those are really focused on finding individuals um, to like do something, even if it's, you know, I would say like bounties as an example are also projects. Um, they're much smaller projects. Uh, they're like bite-sized tasks, um, not as small as like mechanical Turk tasks, but much smaller than like a full project. Um, but everything is like focused on, on individuals. Um, and one of the things that we really believe is that some of the most impactful stuff is going to have, is going to occur with like these small teams, as I kind of mentioned, um, as the right unit of worker. And that, and that's really what we've seen on radius. Like today, um, I would say the average project size in terms of, um, the, uh, like financial reward for completing it is about $30,000 right now. So it's, um, you know, it's not where the, the average, like maybe bounty size or something like that is, is like, a, like tens of dollars or a couple hundred dollars, something like that. So, um, it's, like been very interesting to see that some of these projects, which are like, they're more lucrative. They're also longer term. Um, they are slightly like they're, they tend to be like more complex. Often it's like building entire products or building like really important pieces of protocol layers or product layers or um, infrastructure, whatever it is. Um, that's the sort of work that's a, that's a much better, that requires like many skill sets that often don't coexist within the same human. Um, so that's something that I think we've seen be, um, really interesting with with Radius is like helping to support the creation of these, um, I guess we could call them like flash teams, although sometimes the teams are more stable. Um, but yeah, teams that are like looking for these um, high impact projects to work on. Yeah, that's interesting. It makes me think about, um, well, A, yeah, the talent capital ideas piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like... Um... Yeah, it's funny. There's like only so many like, uh, I think from like a metamimetic perspective about like the different ways that you can uh, think about things. And one of them is uh, there's two things. And that could be mm -hmm. a marketplace or with supply and demand, capital mm -hmm. on one side and talent on the other side. Or you can make a three-legged stool and add yeah. ideas in there. Um, yeah. And as you said, the ideas are kind of... Um, yeah, they're often the capital usually gets to determine is like, mm -hmm. I want to work on this, but that doesn't necessarily have to be true. And something like whether it's quadratic funding or all these things are like, mm -hmm. hey, the idea the capital just goes into a pool. And then yeah. there's another mechanism for kind of allocating it to for the talented people to work on ideas or whatever. So yeah, yeah it's mm -hmm. like, we don't have to have those coupled. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also interesting. Yeah, as you say, that's like, it's funny how, and we've kind of been talking around this the whole time, but this um, it was like an early internet uh, meme, mm -hmm. which was networked individualism, um, mm -hmm. where we had, it did both. It was this massive new network, but it was also individualism. And mm -hmm. it's interesting as we kind of move through space where it's like, you know, when I think about Upwork and, and all the, in the, in the gig economy and Uber and Lyft, like all of those things are very based on the individual. And mm -hmm. it sounds like this is in some ways based on the team um, or, or is more kind of can be just because it's a bigger size. And so it can be yeah. more team based. Do yeah. these teams, how do they like, 
they just like find each other and hang out and like but they're how do, like how do these teams yeah. form and yeah. i guess are, are you thinking are, are there other examples of 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 platforms that are that do it at the team level instead of the project level you know or instead of the person level yeah um yeah great question yeah so in terms of like how the teams today sort of form most today most of the teams are like groups that sort of exist already as teams um, in the world. And in some cases they are like actually incorporated um, as, as like little companies or um, you know, whatever. Sometimes they're not though. Like um, we, we have had a couple of cases in which someone actually like reached out um, in our like discord server and also like emailed um, some of the folks on the radius team saying that they were interested in working on this project. And they were like, Oh, you know, do you know any other people who kind of have these um, skill sets that like I could partner with? Um, and so today, like I would say for the most part, it's uh, teams that already kind of know each other. Um, but one, one of the things that we are very interested in enabling is this like ability for people to form teams um, as, as needed in order to complete a project. Um, and in terms of like, are there other systems uh, that exist like this in the world today? I mean, I, I think um, one other startup that I've heard of is called A-Team, which kind of also is like sort of focused on enabling um teams of people to work on projects um it's you know like a web2 startup but i think is also like boo, I, I feel like some of the <laughs> i think they... <laughs> no, we love waiting some of our best friends work in web2 yeah. yes definitely <laughs> nothing against web2 <laughs> um so yeah so I, which i the only the only reason i mentioned that is just because i think that um it makes it difficult to have like a fully open market like marketplace sort of approach um with if you're going to take, I think, like a very Web2 approach as well. Like, it just feels like it's harder. There are certain things because um, in order to, like, control for quality, which is important, right? Like, you want these projects to um, be successful. That's important for for everyone. Um, and I think the way a lot of more, like, traditionally companies have kind of approached this is, like, vetting um, a lot of the people up front and saying, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this person is part of our, like, qualified pool of talent or whatever. Um, I don't like that for a number of reasons. Uh, it feels weird to me to feel like you, like, you know, it feels like there's, again, this like ownership over the human that they're like part of your pool mm. of talent or, mm. you know, which really they're their own like autonomous agent and should be able to do whatever they want. They don't belong to you um, as, as the company. So, uh, but I also, you know, I think it's like a reasonable short-term solution to try to address some of these like quality control needs. Um, but I think one of the things that's really cool is is like some of the primitives that Web3 enables, I think, can help you solve those sorts of like quality concerns um, and provide this, like solve some of the information asymmetry problem in these types of open markets um, in a way that is really hard to do with like proprietary technology. So, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's double click on that because I think it's really interesting. And I think it is a it is funny. It's like if mm -hmm. I'm on. Um, it's back to the, you know, does Twitter own my handle or do I own the handle? Am right. I part of, if I go and, um, oh, Airbnb puts a, they, they brand, not to brand is maybe a little bit too intense, in, but like, but they, they put a thing onto me that says mm -hmm. you are a super user, you're a super host or whatever. And then you're kind yeah. of, you know, they're kind of pushing that onto you instead of you kind of as a self-sovereign individual. Um, <laughs> so, so, so tell me about like the, like long-term mm -hmm. and this gets into the concepts of identity and reputation and the concepts of a protocol, like, Mm -hmm. um, how are you thinking about um, building out the protocol and will all um, idea and mm -hmm. capital and talent just like go through the kind of um, mm -hmm. radius protocol in the future and then everybody will have their mm -hmm. own individual thing, self-sovereign identity through both. Mm -hmm. Like how, how will that work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the, I'm glad we're talking about this. I know, um, you know, this is something I'm like extremely excited about and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think like one of the the things that we believe is extremely important is that people, um, this is the vision I think a lot of people have for the internet and increasingly so um, today, but uh, that that people are self-sovereign and that they own their their data. Um, and uh, and they actually feel, you know, I think there's already this sort of like loose notion that we do own our actual experiences. But when you're interacting with the, like a couple dozen of these like digital platforms and um, you have like different accounts and different profiles on these different platforms, they don't talk to each other. You can't really easily extract your data um, from any of them, even though it's all about you and it's like about work that you've done or experiences that you've had. It kind of feels like you don't own it, um, even though technically you should and you you sort of loosely do. Um, and so I think that's something that we believe is extremely important. Um, and when we think about like, you know, in the future, what we want to build. So today um, we're taking this, uh, what we've been calling, and actually it's uh, interesting because in the Farcaster community as well, they've also been uh, describing it this way as sort of like product led protocol development. Um, that was sort of like independent. Um, it's really cool that they've also kind of arrived at a similar approach. Um, but sort of starting by building uh, something that we, like we think that this this what we're trying to accomplish today with Radius is um, there's a lot of pieces to it. It's like really important in and of itself, um, but it's also like one of many possible ways that we might think about helping people find each other and find like great opportunities and find capital to support what they're looking to build and things like that. So um, we think there are a number of other use cases that do this sort of like talent capital allocation trifecta. Um, and that's really what we want to build a protocol for. Um, we think first of all, it's going to like actually help us solve the core, the core problem that Radius is trying to solve in the, in the right way. Um, but it'll also help like support the groundwork for a number of these other use cases. Um, and then, and I think that that's really important because when we talk about building, um, the infrastructure for like billion person organizations, I think you kind of do need something that enables you to, um, like to, to, have visibility into the billions of people who are like interested in working on climate change or whatever it is. Um, and I don't think the way that anyone's going to get there is by trying to build uh, a centralized product. So I think like, you know, the, uh, the protocol approach feels like really the right one um, for us. And, um, and so we, but for us, like, it's also, you know, there, there's still a lot that we um, are a lot of open questions for how we think this protocol should be built. Realistically, it'll probably be a set of related, you know, and, uh, and like sibling protocols that kind of talk to each other, but that are ultimately composable with each other and with other um, protocols that do similar or, you know, like also relevant things. Um, but yeah, some, you know, some of the types of problems we've been thinking about are around um, identity and reputation and how to really enable people to have the full control over that and be able to kind of carry their, um, starting with their sort of like professional experiences and their educational experiences and kind of carrying that with them um, from application to application and community to community. Um, and also, uh, and then also like, you know, thinking about some of the healthy behaviors that we think are important to see in these types of like more open marketplaces and um, creating some of the like economic incentives to that we think are going to make it more likely that we'll see really high quality outcomes in these types of like arm's length engagements. Um, and then in general, just like more open data protocols, like in, another thing, which is like a small gripe that I have with like a lot of how, um, again, centralized technology works today is like, it's kind of, you know, if you post a job description or something on, um, on like, indeed and then you try to like post it somewhere else like it's you have to like literally do the same thing twice even though you own like it should just 
it, it doesn't belong to Indeed or to Lever or to whatever else, right? Like that, that data is yours or your company's or whatever it is. Um, and so I think in general, we just want to create more of these like open data protocols that um, kind of like remove in a way the ability for platforms to monetize uh, based on their the data that really should belong to their users. Um, and then hopefully we'll force like products to compete on something else um, like UX and like how do they treat their community and something like that. And um, you think there are lots of reasons why that type of stuff might work um, because it helps like bootstrap new products like more easily and things like that too. Um, but there's, you know, still lots of questions to figure out there. So yeah, I'd say it's like the economic incentives, um, identity reputation and this kind of like open set of open data protocols are kind of the, the main things we're thinking about on the protocol side at the moment. Cool. Um, economic incentives, uh, identity and reputation, and then the kind of open data. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think I was, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I love, I love, I love the gripes. I also just love, like web two, web three, just like the fact that it's web three is a higher number than web two. <laughs> You know, if it was just reversed, then we would feel like, oh, we're the, the lesser one. But like, it's better than two. Duh. Um, yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's interesting, though, because I do think it makes me think of a couple of things. One is just information asymmetries. I think it's great that you brought that up. I think mm-hmm. that I, um, David Christian, who thinks at, at a big, big history um, level, he mm-hmm. is um, the main thing when you think about an organism like us. We have a multicellular organism. We're a clonal. All of our things mm-hmm. are clones to each other. And what we have is our whole nervous system is really good. Mm-hmm. There's no information asymmetry. Everybody mm-hmm. in the crew mm-hmm. lets yeah. anybody else know, oh my God, oh, I punched myself in the face. Like, I don't punch myself in the face that often because <laughs> I know that, like, my fist is here. I should, like, dodge it around. And so I think um, as a people, um, <laughs> as a societal organism, we need to actually have essentially no information asymmetries. Um, yeah. It also makes me think of your, your lever, indeed, examples funny because, you know, I love this um, meme of like social media networks these days are just. Uh, screenshots from one of the networks posted on the other <laughs> five networks. And so That's it's like so true, yeah. all of Reddit <laughs> is just like, here's these tweets and all of Twitter is just like, here's this TikTok and like yeah. all of Facebook. And so it's just like, it's dumb and nothing's interoperable. And it'll, yeah. it'll be um, so, so as we wrap here, um, yeah. the final question I want to ask is, well, um, yeah, let's do, let's do, um, let's do a quick underrated overrated. And so I'm just mm. going to say a thing and you'll give okay. me the one sentence version of, you know, Hey, this is overrated because blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, let's start with job boards. Are job boards underrated or overrated? Hmm. I think job boards are probably, I mean, I, I think the right answer given what we're trying to build is overrated um, just because again, they kind of fall victim to this um, centralization curse um, but I think generally speaking, people, I feel like people hate job, job boards, like all people, the people who have to like apply to jobs, the people who use them to find people. Um, so from that perspective, maybe they're underrated. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause it, it feels weird. Cause they, um, I've read something that's like 50% of jobs come through just a friend or whatever yeah. a network. And it's the 50% of good jobs, like all the bad jobs, mm. like working at McDonald's or whatever, all go through the yeah. job board. So it's like, yeah. I don't know, there's something weird there. Um, yeah. okay. What do you think about like, reputation is like, it, like mm. it's kind of a, it's reputation overrated or underrated? I actually think this is um, super overrated, especially in the Web3 space. Um, I think there are lots of people have lots of opinions about um, like the right way to compute reputation. And I think um, most of the projects that I've seen that are trying to do this um, in Web3 or, or outside of Web3 have like a pretty, you know, rigid again, highly opinionated view of, of this, which, and I think pretty much every single um, approach is going to be wrong. It's going to be 
you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a hot take because obviously like Google in a way is kind of like enabling reputation for like uh, content on the internet. Um, and that was obviously a very effective algorithm. But I think um, my, my general take is that I think it's pretty overrated and the, the right thing to do is in instead to build um, systems that support a marketplace of approaches uh, and or just like a, a broad variety of approaches as opposed to like going all in on one. Yeah, that makes sense. Both having a protocol or whatever, an ecosystem, a marketplace of reputational mm -hmm. weightings, and then also yeah. stuff beyond reputation itself. Um, and then the final one, this one is like, is the, is and especially maybe within, I don't know, is the like the meme of human coordination? Is that overrated or underrated? <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think this one is also a little bit overrated, but it's belovingly overrated. I think, I think a lot of the people who talk about it all the time are truly passionate about it, um, really trying to make a big impact and are genuinely good people. Um, but I think it's like one of those things, I, I think there's a risk uh, to it becoming a space that begins to feel like not very tractable because we're spending all the time talking about like the memes and not, you know, real things and real ex examples and like practical ideas. And there's always a little bit of this disillusionment that happens when we go from like, oh, yes, we agree the world is broken to like a practical idea. And then people are like, oh, this is this sucks. Like, this is lame. Why are we talking about this? Um, and I think obviously the reality is we have to talk about those things. Like the, the details are, you know, where we're going to actually solve the problem. So but yeah, I think the meme has become a little bit overblown. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is funny because, yeah, people get very... Um... It's, we love talking about human coordination. It's so fun. And then it get a little bit too much like intellectual masturbation. But um, <laughs> any case, um, yeah, so thanks. So uh, thank you for, for chatting today, Pooja. And if you want to check out Pooja, she's on Twitter at um, P-O-O-J-A underscore ETH, E-T-H. Uh, at Twitter, you can also go to join Radius um, and radius.space. If you're looking, if you have a squad, or if you don't have a squad, go there and check mm -hmm. out and like start to, I don't know, do some cool work in the Web3 world. Um, and as a final note, they're also, um, Radius is hiring for some people. So if you're interested in building the future of, uh, not to say it again, but human coordination, um, then um, <laughs> come and hang out. Um, uh, Pooja, do you want to say anything else to our listeners today? No, I'm just, uh, thanks so much for, you know, having this conversation and uh, yeah, I would love to chat with anyone who's interested in these topics more. So definitely reach out. Hit her up. Um, great. <laughs> okay. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like the show, please give us a five-star podcast review or subscribe on YouTube. And if you'd like to chat about this episode with a community of amazing, smart, ambitious, divergent people, come on by and join our discord. You can find it at root.co. That's R-O-O-T-E dot co. And then finally, if you'd like to contribute to these ideas being shared more widely in society, you can support the podcast production team at patreon.com slash Lindmark. That's patreon.com slash R-H-Y-S-L-I-N-D-M-A-R-K. Thank you so much.